Hi, I'm Craig. And I'm Linda. And this is the Indie Travel Podcast at IndieTravelPodcast.com. This week we're talking about Bilbao. We're doing the destination guide to Bilbao, Spain. Why Bilbao? Well, we've been to Bilbao a couple of times and we've always found it a really attractive city. It's nice and it's really pleasant to hang out in. Yeah, it's very different from um, other Spanish cities because it's up north, it's in the Basque country, and um, it's just got a very different vibe, very different feel to it. I like it because it's a river city. You know, it's set on the Nervion River, and um, it's it's just nice and relaxed, I think, Mm -hmm. even though it's got a rather turbulent history. This episode of the Indie Travel Podcast is brought to you by worldnomads.com. Worldnomads.com provides great value global travel insurance. You can buy, extend, and claim online, even if you're already traveling. All policyholders also get free travel blogs, safety advice, and language guides for your iPod. Worldnomads.com. Keep traveling safely. So, getting on to talking about Bilbao. Bilbao is an attractive city set on the Nervion River. It's the capital of the Biscay province and is the largest city in the Basque Country, an autonomous community in northern Spain. Population is 350,000, but there's about 950,000 in Greater Bilbao. Languages are Basque and Spanish. It's known for the Guggenheim Museum most of all, and uh, perhaps also the floral puppy out in front. It's very cute. In winter, temperatures range between 5 to 15 degrees Celsius. In summer, 15 to 25. So it's quite temperate all year round. The airports are Bilbao Airport, which is 12 kilometres north of the city. Ryanair calls Santander Airport it's Bilbao Airport, but actually it's about 100 kilometres west of Bilbao. Price of a pint, €3.50. Price of a dorm bed, around $13.50 a night. And price of a public cost... And price of a public transport ticket, about €1.40 for the metro. So on to layout. Well, Bilbao was built along the Nervion River with the uh, Casco Viejo, the old town, in a bend of the river on the east side, and the famous Guggenheim Museum on the west bank, about three kilometres away northwards. The winding of the river makes the navigation by foot a little bit difficult, but there's a good public transport system to help you get around. On the west side of the river, the Plaza Elliptica roundabout is a focal point for many of the parallel streets, which are mostly filled with shops. And very nice shops at that. Yes, it's true. Bilbao used to be a very industrial city, and so recently it's gone through kind of a a renovation, uh, a renaissance of sorts, and so that's uh, why it's suddenly magically becoming quite a popular tourist destination. It is. There's lots of tourists around. But, moving on to accommodation, finding a hostel in Bilbao is really, really painfully, crazily difficult. It's almost impossible. (laughs) Yeah, the major hostel booking websites uh, will show you nothing in the way of hostels. They do have guest houses and B&Bs, so if you're traveling alone and paying for a double room, um, it does get really expensive. There are two hosteling international hostels in Bilbao, but you can't book them online. You have to phone or send them an email and hope they have availability. That said, if you can get in touch with them, you'll get a bed from about 13, 13 euros 50 a night. Yeah, now these are hostels of the old school, huh? Yeah, yeah. Um, they're not your, your modern independent hostels with bars and free Wi-Fi. In fact, the one in Dario, just outside of Bilbao, does have Wi-Fi, but it's a good way out, maybe about half an hour away from the... Yeah. Uh, from town itself. Yeah, I'm not sure if that one's listed as an HI hostel, but it is a hostel and difficult to find online, definitely difficult. 
Budget hotel brands Formula One and Attack both have branches about 10 kilometres from the centre of Bilbao, in opposite directions, of course. Of course. <laughs> Formula One starts at about 32 euros per night for a double, and Attack starts at about 42 euros, which is really, really good value. Both are great choices for the budget if you've got a car, but a little inconvenient if you're using public transport. Yeah. In the mid-range, there's a variety of uh, pensions, of guest houses, of B&Bs, and uh, at the high end, Carlton, Sheraton and Novotel all have a presence if uh, you want to splurge. Yeah, you can usually find something expensive. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's finding something for the, uh, the budget-conscious traveller that uh, becomes more difficult. This is true. So moving on to food. Well, Bilbao is known as the cod capital. That sounds exciting. Yeah, so if you're into cod, you're in. <laughs> <laughs> the best way to eat, though, is to eat tapas or pink sauce. How do you say that? I have no idea. I don't know. It's in Basque, you see. It's spelled P-I-N-T-X-O-S. And we just got by, really, didn't we? Yeah, no. The good thing, it's basically small snacks. You go into a bar and you point at what you want and they tell you it's one euro or maybe one euro twenty. It's amazing. We were down in Mission Bay the other day, and we were looking at the tapas menu in our local cafe. It started at twelve dollars fifty. I'd get exactly the same thing in Spain for less than two euros, which is about four dollars. So it's quite a different world. It sure is. Now, you, with uh, with your tapas, you drink a glass of very small beer. That's the way to do it. A, a glass of very small beer, or a small glass of beer. Wow. As you wish. <laughs> As you wish. After you've had a couple, it doesn't really matter anymore. But, um, yeah, that's something that I noticed in the bars there. Um, you can get large glasses of beer, a grande, but um, you normally get a very small glass. Yeah, and you get a small glass of wine too, and it's often very, very inexpensive. Mm. I really like eating in Spain. Euro a glass, awesome. Yeah. So, of course, if you do just want a snack, you can go in and choose one or two things, or you can choose a whole bunch and make a full meal out of it. Of course, there are restaurants and other places you can eat, but I really like tapas. In terms of transport, um, the public transport system in Bilbao is quite good. It's extensive and it's not too expensive, but um, you might be left waiting for a while if you do miss your connection. They're not all that frequent. Yeah, especially if you're going out to the suburbs, which we were. You can buy individual tickets from automated kiosks for single journeys on the metro or the tram. But getting a, a card, a credit trans card, is a good investment if you're going to be using the public transport network for more than just a couple of journeys. Yeah, they're basically a prepaid card and you store value on it and each journey you make you kind of take some off again. Yeah, you put it in and it automatically takes the money off. But the thing is, if you use it, the cost of your journey is less than half of what you'd pay if you're paying by cash. That's not bad. That's really, really crazily good value. So you can just buy one and share it with the people you're travelling with. You don't have to have one each. Mm, you can get them from ticket machines, uh, newsstands, train stations, and you can use them on all forms of transport. So that's the metro, the bus, the train, and the tram, and, excitingly, on the funicular as well. Yeah, which is a good way to see very good views of Bilbao. Yeah, so that's the Artzander funicular. And, um, well, shall we talk about attractions? Yes, let's get on to it. Well, free attractions, first of all. Bilbao's a beautiful city just to wander around, taking the sights. I mean, we walked around and just looked at the Guggenheim from the outside. You can go in. I mean, it's a museum. It's an art gallery. But it's actually spectacular just from the outside. And, of course, there's the gorgeous flower puppy. It's an enormous puppy statue thing, but it's got flowers growing out of it. It's really weird. Yeah. Um, 
It sure is. I mean, all of the streets around there are really nice. We spent about two hours wandering around, and um, yeah, it's just a very beautiful city to walk in. And of course, there's heaps and heaps and heaps of churches to visit, and lots of nice parks as well. Yeah, now this is the parks anyway, a part of this kind of renovation of Bilbao. Whole swathes of industrial areas being ripped down and, and replanted into greenery. Mm. So, yeah, it's really opened up the town and made it a lot more beautiful. Yeah, so a good a good day in Bilbao would just be wandering around, check out the old town, walk through some of the parks, maybe have a picnic. Just check out the sights. Now, as we said, the uh, Arzander Funicular is not free, but if you're, it's the price of a public transport ticket, so it's, Basically. it's next to it. Um, so head up there and check out some spectacular views before you uh, come back down again and get into some more attractions. Well, let's go on to seasonal attractions then. There are lots and lots of cool seasonal attractions. There's a festival of some description almost every month, either in the city or in nearby villages. In summer, there's a book fair, a jazz festival, open-air concerts, and a food festival, and the city's big party, which is Este Negusia. Yeah, that fiesta is also known as Semana Grande, which is the big week. Yep. The big week in Bilbao, and it lasts for about 10 days, so it is a pretty big week. Yeah, I mean, usually a week's (laughs) only seven days, and this one's 10, so... This is in mid-August, and there's cultural events, um, things like traditional music, concerts, dancing, bullfighting, boat races, and various athletic and sporting events. And there's a big fireworks display at the end. Yeah, you just like the fire pyro. (laughs) (laughs) Spain's National Days in Autumn, and there are also festivals for storytelling and short films in autumn as well. In winter, there's another book fair, Christmas markets, and a festival of theatre and dance. And of course around Christmas there's a variety of religious celebrations and carnivals celebrated in February. So Bilbao's pretty exciting all through the year, huh? Yeah. And then you come back around if we go carnival in February, um, then we've got Easter. Oh yeah, and of course in Spain, Easter is marked in a huge way. Yeah. It's fantastic. You should definitely go to Spain for for Easter. Yeah, or for some religious festival anyway. But yeah, yeah, Easter and Semana Santa is just amazing. Then there's another big film festival in May. So So pretty much whenever you go, there's going to be something on. Just make sure you check it out and don't miss it. (laughs) Keep me happy. Um, In paid attractions, there's lots and 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 lots of museums. Yes. So we hope you like them. <laughs> well, there's the Museum of Fine Arts, the Basque Museum, the Maritime Museum, the Bullfighting Museum, and about 94 million smaller ones. <laughs> now, I guess the, the kingpin in uh, Bilbao's, uh, I don't know, display of museums is <laughs> the uh, the Guggenheim or El Goog. El Goog? El Goog. That's spectacular. <laughs> yeah. So if you haven't seen a photo of El Goog, it's definitely worth a look. I mean, it's this big twisted and brushed metal building um i don't think any description could do it justice it's spectacular no it's really a triumph of architecture it is it is um like all of the guggenheim museums but um this one just kind of erupts from beside the river doesn't it yeah so um yeah definitely check that out and of course we'll have some photos in the show notes at indietravelpodcast.com Another thing to try is catching a performance at El Palacio Escalunduna. Escalduna. Yeah, the pronunciation is pretty short, isn't it? 
Well, I don't speak Basque and I don't speak Spanish either, so <laughs> we're doing our best. It's a beautiful modern theatre which hosts the local orchestra and it's styled to reflect the town's art industrial past. Well, on to guidebooks. As always, there's lots and lots to choose from. Lonely Planet and Rough Guides don't have city guides for Bilbao yet, but they do feature big Bilbao in their larger offerings, like the Spain and uh, Europe on a Shoestring from Lonely Planet. Yeah, we used Europe on a Shoestring and that was fine. It had plenty of information. Yeah. For your city guide, uh, if you're just going flying into Bilbao, maybe on a weekend break from England, it depends if you want digital information or something more solid. Um, for people that like digital, there's Offbeat Guides. Now, they pull resources from various places around the web to create a PDF just for you. It's got things like weather reports and um, cinema listings for the time that you're going. For people who prefer paper, the prettiest guide is definitely the Wallpaper City Guide. Published in 2007, unfortunately, so you might want to consider waiting for a new edition. For a bit more info, try Cadigan's Bilbao and the Basque Lands. Yeah, I'm a big fan of those wallpaper guides. I Me just too. think everyone is beautiful. They're so. just gorgeous, you know, and they're quite they're they're quite small, so they'll fit in your handbag or in, maybe even in your back pocket. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're beautiful. They're about the same size as the Indie Travel Podcast Magazine, which is coming out in September. Nice pl- plug. Yeah, I thought so. <laughs> <laughs> so where to next? We've been in Bilbao. We've spent a uh, week soaking up the atmosphere, the sights, the beer. Where do we go? Well, it really depends on where you've been. If you've just arrived in Bilbao, you should definitely see more of Spain. Go to Barcelona or Madrid if you're a city lover. Or you could just walk out of town on the Camino de Santiago. Yeah, because Bilbao is on the Camino Norte, which is the northern path of yeah. The Camino. It's one of the lesser known paths. Not so many people do it, but I definitely recommend trying it. That's where we want to go next. We've done the Camino Francaise, which is further south, and next Camino Norte. Yeah, there's a little bit less infrastructure, but it also means that it's less crowded in the popular summer months. Yeah, so all you have to do is walk out of town to Santiago. It's only about, what, 600 kilometres? 600 k's. Yeah, no worries. No worries. Bilbao's a good jumping-off point for uh, either a tour of Europe or a tour of North Africa if you're heading downwards. So um, I'd start by heading north into France and um, just kind of keep going around, getting into uh, the rest of Western Europe. Or you could head south to Morocco and go across through Morocco into Egypt, mm-hmm. you know, across the top of uh, North Africa. That could be cool. Um, from Saint- oh, no, from Bilbao itself, in fact, you can uh, jump on a ferry to Portsmouth in England as well. Yep. So um, that's a good connection if you're not in a big rush. Mm-hmm. And uh, like we said, both Bilbao and lots of budget flights from Ryanair out of Santander Airport. Yeah, I mean, you can go anywhere, Italy, Germany, anywhere. So anything else before we finish up? No, I think that's pretty much it. Just we'd like to thank our sponsor again and tell you about a great initiative they've set up. At worldnomads.com, you can also support a Footprints community development project when you purchase your travel insurance online. Worldnomads.com. Keep travelling safely. If you come to IndieTravelPodcast.com, you'll find the insurance link at the top of the page, and that's where we have some of our experiences and information with travel insurance. And that also talks about why we chose worldnomads.com for our travel insurance needs. Well, I think that's pretty much us for this week. Until next week, travel well. So just before we finish, um, I want to tell you about a competition we've got set up with Rough Guides. If you go into your podcast feed, either in iTunes or in your feed reader, you'll find uh, a special episode. It's only a minute long, and in that episode there's a code word. 
If you email us, mail at IndieTravelPodcast.com, that code word, we'll put you in the draw to win one of three rough guides, um, one of your choice. So if you're drawn the winner on the 17th of July, we'll email you and ask you which one you want. And that isn't bad at all. That's pretty damn good. So until next week. Travel well. I wanted to say that. (laughs) 